No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where, following Josiah, three bad kings reign in Judah until God brings Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to destroy Jerusalem and take the people captive. It's a brief historical narrative of the last days of a great nation. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 36 on Simply the Bible. It is so easy to take things for granted. They say that if you want to truly love someone, then start thinking what life would be like without them. The nation of Judah had lived for generations in the shadow of King David, the man after God's own heart. Unfortunately, most of his descendants did not walk in his steps. The people of Judah took for granted that everything would continue as it had been. They had the temple. They had the worship. They had the walled city of Jerusalem, which was nearly impregnable. They felt secure. They took for granted that God had given them the land and they would always possess it. But when God made the covenant with Israel, he told them that they would possess the promised land so long as they kept his commandments. They had not upheld their part of the agreement. Now God had no choice but to drive them from the land of milk and honey. King Josiah had brought spiritual revival to the nation. But after his reign, there was a string of four evil kings. And during their days, God raised up King Nebuchadnezzar of Judah as his servant to conquer Jerusalem and take the people captive into Babylon. This was the fall of God's city and the fall of the nation. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 5. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against him and bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried off some of the articles from the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, the abominations which he did, and what was found against him, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Then Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his place. Now Jehoiakim was the son of Josiah, and he had been made king by the people, but also under the oversight of Pharaoh Necho of Egypt to whom Jehoiakim and Judah were paying tribute. Now, during his reign, there was a power shift. The Assyrians had been the world-dominating empire, but now Babylon was becoming the world-dominating empire, and Egypt was sort of becoming insignificant. Pharaoh Necho had faced Nebuchadnezzar in battle and had lost. So now Nebuchadnezzar was the one to depose Jehoiakim and at the same time, take articles away from the house of the Lord, and he took them to his temple in Babylon. He also deported some of the people. This would be one of three deportations that King Nebuchadnezzar would make against the city 
of Jerusalem. Now, during this time, Jeremiah was a prophet to Judah. And if you really want extra credit, you'll have some time over the Christmas season, I think, to go ahead and read the first 44 chapters of Jeremiah. It gives you a great background to what was happening during the reign of these four kings after Josiah, who were reigning during the deportations of the people to Babylon. Verse 9, Jehoiakim was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days. Okay, now this is probably a copious error here because we read in 2 Kings chapter 24 that Jehoiakim was 18 years old, and that makes more sense. Now, he only reigned in Jerusalem for three months and ten days, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. You wonder... How could he get into that much trouble in such a short period of time? At the turn of the year, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned him and took him to Babylon with the costly articles from the house of the Lord and made Zedekiah, Jehoiakim's brother, king over Judah and Jerusalem. So Jehoiakim was Jehoiakim's son. And when Nebuchadnezzar deposed him because he was not obedient to Nebuchadnezzar, then Nebuchadnezzar made Zedekiah, who was Jehoiakim's uncle and, and Jehoiakim's brother. Zedekiah was also another son of Josiah. And Nebuchadnezzar made him king in Jehoiakim's place. Now, Jehoiakim was so bad. And honestly, there's actually three names for the guy. Jehoiakim, Jeconiah, and Coniah, all are names of the same king. But he was so bad that God spoke through Jeremiah and said in Jeremiah 22, 30, thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days, for none of his descendants shall prosper, sitting on the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. So the line of Jehoiakim or Coniah was cut off and there would be no descendant of his on the throne of David. Now, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Zedekiah was a very weak king. He would not trust the Lord. He would not trust Jeremiah. And it's, it's really frustrating, honestly, to read the book of Jeremiah, to see how much Zedekiah really vacillated. At times, he was supporting Jeremiah. At other times, he wasn't. He wouldn't stand up to the people. But he rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who made him swear an oath by God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Now, Jeremiah had told him all along. In fact, he told all of these kings that the Babylonians were going to come and take the people of Judah captive because of their disobedience, because of their idolatry. And yet Zedekiah would not humble himself before the Lord. He didn't listen to what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, look, if you will just surrender to Nebuchadnezzar, it will go well for you. He will spare you. You'll be okay. God will take you captive, but it'll go well for you. And this city won't be destroyed. The temple won't be destroyed. But Zedekiah wouldn't listen to him. And so uh, ultimately the city was destroyed. The temple was destroyed, 
uh, he would have his eyes plucked out uh, because of his disobedience to the Lord and his unwillingness to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Now, this is why God sends forth his messengers, the prophets. This is why God gives to us his word. He loves us. He has compassion upon us as his creation. He doesn't want to see us suffer because of our stupidity and because of our unwillingness to obey his command. So he's given us his word. He's given us the instructions so that we might be prepared for eternity. But the problem is, is that they wouldn't listen. It says that they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against the people till there was no remedy. And that is the inevitable consequence of ignoring the word of God. Therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand. You see, the thing is, they had no response, no regard to the Lord and his commandments. And so he gave them over to King Nebuchadnezzar, who had no regard for them and very ruthlessly just wiped them out. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. This was now the third time that Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions. King Nebuchadnezzar basically wiped the city out so that it could never rebel against him again. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Okay, so understand that this is about the Sabbath law where once every seven years they were to give the land rest and not work the soil and just eat whatever came up on its own to give the soil rest. Well, they had ignored this for 490 years. So there were 70 Sabbath years that the land never had its Sabbath rest. So God says, okay, I'm going to give the land its Sabbath years of rest, 70 years, and, uh, and you're going to be captive for those 70 years since you wouldn't give the land its rest, I will. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. 
And he has commanded me to build him a house of Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Okay, so this is now 70 years later after the Babylonian captivity. It's a new power shift. Persia becomes the world-dominating empire. Cyrus gives this decree and the people can come back out of Babylon to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And this brings us right into the book of Ezra, which we will get into here shortly. Now, when things have gone the same way for so long, there is that tendency to believe that they will always continue as they have done. But just like for the people living during this period in Judah, and just like the people living in Noah's day, God is preparing a day of judgment. One day, when we least expect it, everything will change. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. That's what will happen in the future. So knowing that this time of destruction is certainly going to come, we can either listen to God when he gives us his word and be blessed, or we can ignore his word and suffer the inevitable consequences. Is God fair? Absolutely. He has given us ample warning. He has given us his word, but it is up to us to heed it before it is too late. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow, we will return to the book of Deuteronomy as we talk about the greatest investment we can make, training our children in the way of the Lord. We hope you'll join us next time on Simply the Bible.